Hey guys, welcome to episode 14 of Coffee Meets Bible, your podcast for casual conversations about Christian living. Today, Cam and Christy are joined by Phoebe Ng, the marketing director with the National School Project, or NSP for short. Listen in as we follow Phoebe's journey and learn how God redeemed her passion for one thing and replaced it with his purpose for her. So hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Meets Bible. I'm Christy, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Cam. And we're going to be talking about the National School Project with my good friend and old supervisor, Phoebe Ng. Thanks for joining us today, Phoebe. Yeah, thank you so much, Christy. I'm glad to be here. Sweet. So yeah, I know a little bit about your background, um, but since uh, our listeners may not, um, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about how you came to know Christ. Sure. I'd love to share that. Uh, I was actually grew up in a Christian home and my dad is a pastor, still is. And he and my mom, you know, came to faith when they were in college. So they raised me and my brother up in this Christian household. And when I was about five or so, I think, I just remember distinctly one night, like this moment of truth, I guess, just recognizing that all of this time, these Bible stories that I heard in Sunday school or these like children's stories, however they worded it so that a young mind could understand the Bible and the sin that I still knew I had committed even as a child, like I just recognized in that one moment, um, it just suddenly made sense to me. And it was right before going to bed at night and I was just at my bed and I suddenly realized like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to hell tonight if I don't get right with Jesus. And so I just prayed the prayer right then, told Jesus that I wanted to be with him and that I was on his side and that he could have my whole heart. And I remember going to bed that night, like just so comforted and at peace. And that was like the best night of sleep I've ever had. So, (laughs) but yeah, that was my um, salvation story, I guess. And obviously growing up, uh, going to college at a secular university, there was a lot more of, you know, sanctification and spiritual growth that happened way later. But I would say that that was the start of my journey for sure. Yeah, that's. I think that's crazy that you remember when you were five. I've like heard stories like that before, and I'm like five. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> I don't crazy. no recollections of five year old me. But that's amazing. That's definitely the work of God. So to continue on that, um, yeah, like how did you end up involved in ministry work specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So it was a pretty crazy journey. I mentioned that I went to a secular university, so I went to UCLA, and my intention going into school there was to come out get into the gaming industry actually and then in the background somewhere like side gig or something help out with some kind of christian small team ministry that was like my goal that was my dream when i was little i just really loved storytelling and just like was so captivated by some of the stories in video games which i know is different. Most people like them for the gameplay or the mechanics or the graphics even, but I loved the stories and I was just captivated by them. So, and it soon became something that I wanted to do with my life. So in high school, I told my mom, Hey mom, I think I want to make video games for a living and very atypical of an Asian parent. She actually said, that's fine. That's cool. As long as you do it for Jesus. And I thought to myself, Oh my gosh, 
wait, what? That's so lame. Like, how are how am I gonna make the gospel? <laughs> how do I Jesus? How am I gonna make these like values sound good when video games look so different than that to me mm-hmm. and I think to many other people? But the more I thought about what she said, the more I thought about her words, it just became this challenge in my life that I was like, I want to aspire to that. I want to make it happen. And so going into college, um, a big part of my dream was to make that happen. I thought it would look like working for some big title company and who knows, in one of the departments, right, like coding or something. And then on the side, I'd find some small team to work with that was also making some other title, but with these values and with these just was this Christ-centeredness at the core of the game that didn't come out cheesy somehow and was actually amazing, maybe like allegorical or something, right? That was my dream. And come into my freshman year at UCLA, uh, I was taking all these programming classes. I was a computer science major Hmm. and was taking chemistry, was taking programming, was taking some math class. And so I came out of that first quarter completely wrecked. I've never heard of anyone with a lower GPA, but I had a 1.086 GPA. Oh my god. And gosh. I had graduated from high school in the academic top 10. Oh, wow. So this was like mind-blowing to me. I was completely I don't know what words to use to describe like how much the Lord just it felt like the carpet had been pulled out from under me mm-hmm. and I was just collapsed. You know, I I felt like I had built so much of my identity at the time in my academic success. And just being able to play that good kid card and I followed all the rules and I did everything my parents wanted. And I was, you know, the the one that went up to my parents when they're talking to all the aunties and uncles at church and I would like go get them the cups of tea and so they can continue their beautifully deep spiritual conversation and everyone praises me, whatever, right? That <laughs> is totally what my identity was built on. And then coming out of this quarter, I was like, whoa. Like, where is my worth, really? And what has happened to my dream? And reflecting on all of those things, um, as a college freshman, I realized that I never consulted God about this dream. Sure, it sounded really beautiful, like, do all these good things, glorify God through this amazing dream, help people come to Christ, maybe eventually, possibly through this amazing game. But I never asked him what he wanted. I never asked him what he wanted to do with my life. And making that connection, finally, I was like, that's not how, that's not how you do ministry. You know, that's not how you live for Jesus. And so it just really, I think, opened my eyes to um, how much I had just put my desires, like, at the forefront instead of actually living sacrificially and instead of actually living missionally. And so going back second quarter, it was so much about like developing a prayer life and really putting that before God as like, hey, what would you like me to do with my life? Like, how should I live and how should I love on people? And what are the skills that you've actually given me and how can I use them for your glory? And that eventually led to um, whatever you want, Jesus, like whatever you're about and whatever you want, like I'm for that. Mm -hmm. And through this crazy, crazy process, I actually did end up like my upperclassmen years being able to intern for two different Christian gaming companies and then later interning for Nexon, who perhaps famously made MapleStory and realizing that actually, I think. 
think the Lord has called me to something else in this season. Mm -hmm. And that was like really crazy to just be able to see God give me that dream back, but then being willing to let it go at the same time. So how I ended up actually in ministry is upon graduating from UCLA, I graduated quarter early and was looking like still for that gaming position. And I had more than entry level experience by this time, right? I, you know, had these internships, both, you know, with these Christian companies and then also the secular company. But then um, every company I approached with my resume, with my beautifully written cover letter, they just weren't responding. And I was like, Lord, I thought we were on the same page now. You know, I thought we were on the same page. I've, I'm willing to do whatever, but I thought maybe you wanted me here. Like you seem to be opening all the doors up until this point, like what's going on now. And so they're not responding. They're not responding. And finally my mom forwards me this job position with a ministry. And I'm like, cool. I like ministry. Like, I love the local church. Like, it'd be nice to get paid for it, right? <laughs> um, so yeah. here I am looking at this job position, getting pretty desperate at this point, knowing that I have college loans to pay off. Mm-hmm. And at, at this point, like, not wanting to mooch off of my parents anymore. Like, I, I got to take responsibilities for these mm-hmm. loans. And so I'm looking at this position. I'm like, yeah, it looks fun. So I applied. And crazy thing was the lady that interviewed me, she ended up being like, I was halfway through this phone interview with her and she ended up being my former roommate's mom. And I was like, oh, wait, hi, Auntie Katie, it's me. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) And so I was just thinking like, whoa, like God is super opening the doors here. Like, Mm -hmm. but this is not what I expected. This is not you know, in the gaming industry, like what's going on here? Um, Fast forward a couple months, I obviously took the position and they loved me and I grew a lot. And just fast forward a few months, it's December, 2011. And we decide to go to Chinese missions conference, West coast Mm -hmm. and this big, you know, missions conference where everyone's coming and they're, they're learning about these mission opportunities and, Mm -hmm. There's different workshops, different um, speaking things where they're inviting people to, it's not really an altar call, right? But it's like, will you give your life over to full-time ministry? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, well, I already know where I'm going. Like, spend a couple years here, happy to do ministry work, but I'm going back to the gaming industry. Like, I, I know that. Like, that's still the dream. Um, and I don't mind that maybe we've taken a little tangent along the way. Like I do love the local church, you know? So here I am at this conference working my heart out, like so exhausted and just, we were tabling. So we were just sharing about our ministry. And at that last session of the conference, uh, Francis Chan is speaking another big name pastor is speaking. And like, I was embarrassingly like probably passed out on my friend's shoulder at this point. I was just so tired. Like, but all of a sudden, like, boom, I just woke up and was super alert. And I just kind of like peeked to my right, peeked to my left. I was like, did someone poke me? Like, you know, was I starting to drool or snore or something? <laughs> like, what happened? Like, why am I so awake? And no one else is looking at me. No <laughs> one else cares at all about me. They're all like, you know, zeroed in on the on the passage, on the speaker, like whatever's going on up on the stage. And I'm like, maybe 
God wants to tell me something right now. Mm. And so I, I start to tune in and I start to listen. And Francis is talking about this passage that had really touched me in college. And it all came back to me in that moment. And mm. it's about, you know, Jonathan and his armor bearer. And here they are about to kind of like almost looking at a Philistine encampment, right? Like just the two of them. And Jonathan's like, hey, maybe we should go down there. Like, hey, let's show ourselves to them. We don't know if God will save by many or by few, meaning just the two of them potentially. And the armor bearer responds to Jonathan and says like, yeah, do whatever you have in mind. I'm with you heart and soul. And this is a passage that has really touched my life in college and um, challenged me to get involved in a couple ministry things back then. And I was like, whoa, for it to just show up right here, right now, like it's a passage I super recognize. It's It's been a call on my life. I think God is really, really trying to tell me something now. Mm-hmm. And so hearing those words, hearing Francis speak them, and, and then another pastor comes up and gives this call and he starts saying, hey, who among you thinks that you're called to full-time ministry? Like who among you thinks that you're called to minister to a people and you know just give everything to that and i was like lord is this of the flesh because i don't want to say yes and i don't want to stand up and that is not for me you know like i don't want to go overseas i don't want to you know leave um my comfortable home and all of this stuff like that is not for me and so i just continue to sit there the words kept coming like who among you is called to this and that and i was like what is going on because i cannot ignore the words that were just spoken over my life Mm -hmm. and i as i continue to sit there and wrestle and wrestle and wrestle the 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 speaker said these words and they kind of they kind of shifted and he said who among you is called to give your life to equipping missionaries Mm -hmm. to raising up people that you know will live missionally for him and when he said those words or something really similar to like that, it, it, it just all clicked into place for me. And I realized that for the first time, like that is what I want to do. And I think that is what I've been called to. And ever since then, I just knew that that is my call to full-time ministry. And it doesn't have to look necessarily like the way that I always thought it was going to look like mm-hmm. sell my house, you know, take my family, go overseas, like, give everything to that which is I that's amazing and I'm totally sold out for people that do have that call in their life but I realize that for me it looks looks different like I need to stay here I need to invest in the younger generation I need to tell them that they can do the same thing and that yeah that became my uh, I don't know, Macedonian call, I guess, like, that that became the thing for me like that, that moment. And I knew that, oh, man, if I stand up right now, if I sign this little paper that they're trying to hand to us, you know, um, I still have it, by the way. If, if I sign that little paper, there, there's no going back. Like, I'm not going back to the game industry. I, I'm not I'm not going to pursue that anymore. There is no, you know, AAA title waiting for me. This is the one. And I'm fine with that, you know. And I believe that this was the best decision that I could have made for my life. And it's been quite a few years since then. Um, but it's been like so worth it. Yeah. That's awesome. First of all, much respect for sharing your GPA on here. <laughs> that, that is something I know a lot of us Asian Americans will never want to talk about, especially if it's not like 4.0. But 
Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think it's really inspirational and it's encouraging to hear just like uh, and another example of like how just because we're majoring in something, just because we intended on working in a certain industry doesn't mean that's what our ultimate calling is or where God has us, at least for this time and place, right? And so I think having that heart of just constantly questioning what God's will is for you is something that all of us need to have. And it's, it's always evolving, too, depending on just where we're at, like the people that we meet, you know, what circles we're in, right? And so, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And secondly, I just wanted to let you know, too, that CMC 2011 was the same exact conference where I did that same commitment. And I think it's really cool to hear you talking about it and Francis Chan and like that, that is all stuff I remember too. Is just, that was like very impactful. Just that message, just um, the people around us and, and all the people who are committing their lives to God. And so amen to that. Thanks for sharing that. You're listening to Coffee Meets Bible, a podcast by The Cultivation Project. We are a nonprofit multimedia organization trying our best to tell stories and to cultivate new storytellers. If you'd like to learn more or check out some of our videos, visit us at www.cultivationproject.org. Now let's hear more from Phoebe on how abundantly God is using the National School Project. So I wanted to transition a little bit into just where you are now. So like, do you mind just explaining, you know, what, what you currently work for, um, what role you have and, and how you got there? Yeah, absolutely. So I currently work for the National School Project as the marketing director, and this is going to be my fifth year on staff. Um, Maybe I should explain what the market, uh, what the National School Project does first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you go ahead and talk about sure. that? Sure. We're, we're a nonprofit. We're a ministry that works locally in the United States to help high school, middle school students basically just share the gospel on campus. Our farm founder, Warren Willis, he came out of Campus Crusade overseas in Mongolia. And then when he came back to the States thinking that he would retire, he saw the state of the public schools and was like, my gosh, I just came home from a mission field, you know, and they were thirsty for the gospel. But when I look at our public schools, it's similar. It's so similar. And he saw this huge mission field in front of him right in his backyard. And he said, I cannot retire. I must do something about this. And so he started the National School Project in 2002. Uh, We've grown a lot since then. We're now have bases in Los Angeles, Chicago, Dallas, Fort Worth, um, Northern California, Bay Area, and then in the Tucson, Arizona area. So we're working on a couple other ministry hubs, but uh, it's it's been amazing just to see, even in the in the five years that I've been in here, mm-hmm. just to see how much fruit the Lord has produced, like just wow. in raising up young people and doing like exactly that, like just equipping them to be bold and courageous mm-hmm. on their campuses. Mm-hmm. And to know that, man, they don't have to wait until they like, quote unquote, grow up, right? Just to do something in the here and now and to take their faith seriously and to stand up for something, especially in the climate that, you know, we're living in right now. It's just so important to offer hope 
to their peers and to the people around them, even to maybe some of, you know, the school admin and the teachers, Mm -hmm. like everyone's struggling right now and hope is more prevalent than ever before. Um, So that's, that's what we're all about. I'm the marketing director. So what my team does, if I were to summarize it is any campaign, whether it's a funding campaign, a like, hey, let's start a prayer chain. Hey, let's uh, get the students like really hyped up about, (laughs) man, sticking to it, even when it gets hard. Honestly, anything like (laughs) any of those projects, putting together a training program, putting a event together. Someone comes and tells us what they want. They tell us their vision. Um, Here are some elements that I see coming into play. And then we're like, great, give us a deadline. We'll make it happen. That is honestly what my team does. Um, I think there's a term out there like, yes, man. Well, I'm your yes woman. I'll make whatever you want happen. And it's, it's honestly super fun. The work is really hard. The pressure is really crazy, but it's also it's just so fun to see like God come through, you know, to see God come through and get to walk alongside of him in that. And like the work of your hands is, it's just cool to be able to apply your hands to something Mm -hmm. and to know that um, you get to partake in the creator's creativity. Like that's, that's super cool, I think. So that's like a small snippet of what I do, but yeah. Yes, and I can definitely speak from firsthand experience. As I mentioned before, Phoebe used to be my old supervisor. So I did, I was part of her team at one point in time. And it's definitely a lot of fun. And the team is just, yeah, just such a great group of people to work with. So encouraging, so loving. Um, Even though I, I was just an intern, everyone made their best effort to make me feel at home for that short period of time that I was with them. Yeah, it's just amazing to see how God has really taking your team and grown it too. Um, I really blessed it. Um, but yeah, just going back to how did you actually get connected with uh, the National School Project? Yeah, absolutely. So I was in another ministry before the National School Project and a coworker there, a coworker slash kind of classmate. We didn't have any classes together, but we both went to the same graduate school uh talbot we we chatted about you know some mutual professors that we had things like that somewhere along the way she told me like hey i have a friend in one of my classes who works for some, this this ministry and she's like i can't remember what the name of it is now but he works for <laughs> this ministry they do cool things with youth like he invited me to one of their events like it's this banquet thing do you want to go And honestly, in my heart, I was like, absolutely not. You know, (laughs) I have a full-time job. I'm in ministry. uh, I'm taking all these graduate courses and I have no time as it is. Like, you know, things are hard, Mm -hmm. but you're my friend, you know, and and friends friends are important to me. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. So we went to this banquet together, ended up being like a, you know, vision sharing, fundraising banquet kind of thing. And I was honestly blown away. Went into this banquet, no expectations aside from spending some time with my friend and having this shared experience that would hopefully be encouraging and came away just amazed and on fire and inspired by the vision that I heard. And then the students that came on the stage and then shared their personal testimonies. I was like, those aren't real students. Like. Those are clearly actors that have been planted there to manipulate our emotions to give more money because 
that's just not real. Like, how can these students be so eloquent? How can they just be so courageous? Like public speaking is the number one fear uh, that most people mention. But here are these students on stage sharing about Jesus, sharing about how they saw their friends' lives transformed because of the power of the gospel. And it was just crazy. So I remember having this thought that night, just thinking, man, this would be so cool to be a part of but I know where I am right now is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and then fast forward, just a year later, I just reached this point, you know, especially with doing grad school at the same time where I just felt really burnt out. So I ended up quitting my position at that time and just taking a sabbatical. And so in, in the three months that I gave myself, I remember just crying out to God and being like, Hey, you gave me this call. You put this call on my life. What are you going to do about it now? Where am I supposed to go? Because not only am I tired in this moment, but I, I have no plans after this. Like I already tried making plans when I was younger and we know what, what happened there. So I want to make sure that wherever I go next is where you actually want me. And so I just really like cried out to the Lord in that season and prayed about it a lot. And I re suddenly recalled this memory of going to that banquet event and just being so inspired. And so I, I looked up the National School Project online. Sure enough, they were hiring. There, there was a position called digital media specialist or something like that. And I was like, hey, that sounds fun. Like that sounds kind of whatever, creative and a bit technical. Like I think I could do that. And so I applied for it. The application was so long that I had to stop and pray about it all over again because I just didn't want to do the work, oh, but, <laughs> but after all of that prayer, I was like, I, I really think this could be it. So I applied and did like a few interviews and finally they gave me an offer and it was for the marketing director. And I was like, wait, that's not what I applied to. <laughs> and our, our HI guy, um, he told me, well, are you really sold out for the vision? Like, are you really sold out for the mission of this ministry? Or do you just really care about doing a specific job task, something like that? And I thought about what he said and I realized like, no, I really am sold out for this mission. It's just something that I can really get behind. It, it matches perfectly with how much I, you know, love and cherish and care about young people and really believe in them. And just the fruit that I already know is happening and I heard about at the banquet and I know about from all of the materials that I've read through, it's just something that I can really get behind. And the fact that you're asking me that and challenging me on that and the fact that you're offering me this position, knowing that, you know, all of your executive leaders have prayed about it, I think that's a sign for me to take a step forward, you know, and um, so I told him I prayed about it for a week, but in my heart of hearts, I already knew that that was that was what I was going to pick. So that's, yeah, long version of how I got involved. Yeah, that's, I think that's so just encouraging to hear how God uses like the smallest of things. And I think also just the people that we don't expect in our lives. Um, and I think just you being a good friend led, you know, God to open even more doors for you. And yeah, I think, I think it just goes to show that our ministry isn't just what we do on the day-to-day -day, but i think it's how we live our lives for christ um mm -hmm. so yeah i know you you shared a lot about how god worked through even just getting you into the door can you just share more about what you've seen god do with nsp 
Sure, absolutely. So I think a lot of what we see God do is, I hesitate to use to use the word guaranteed, but it really is that. Like, I don't know what other words to use to describe how clearly the Holy Spirit moves, you know, just in the lives of these young people. So some of what we do to teach them strategies for sharing the gospel on campus is uh, we use the analogy of fishing. So we teach them these to use the big fishing net, right? To catch multiple fish at one time. Um, hey, plan these outreach events during, you know, lunchtime, maybe during multiple lunch, maybe during multiple days of the same week and plan to pass out free pizza to, you know, entice your, your peers to come to these events. Uh, give them a flyer showing that the next couple of days there is additional free pizza or donut holes or something <laughs> to further entice them to come to the, the following events. And each time they're going to hear either a testimonial from you know, one of you students yourselves, or they're going to hear a testimonial from, let's say, a BMX biker or a, you know, dancer or someone that obviously has this expertise in their craft, in their art, in, in their sport, but loves Jesus and is doing that for Jesus, has this strong, compelling story of why they believe that that is the best thing that has ever happened to them and is willing to boldly and courageously share about it on campus to these students as they're listening um, and enjoying their free, you know, pizza thing. And then, right, come invite your youth pastor to come on the last day when hopefully you've built up all this hype because you've been wearing your t-shirts around the whole campus all week. You have all your promo flyers all over. You <laughs> pass out all these flyers. You pass out all the donut holes. Um, you pass out the free places. Like everyone is wearing your swag for you and they're not even Christian, but they're advertising for you at this point. Um, and, and then these students come to the event. Your youth pastor is there. He's been prepped. He shares the gospel convictingly, compellingly, telling you that you do not have to have these broken relationships. There is someone that cares about you. At the end of the day, you are not alone and you are meant for more than peer pressure, than depression, than anxiety, than, you know, any of these negative things that our students have to face in this season of life. And the reason why I use the word guaranteed is because it's working. It's like completely, totally working. These students are presented with the gospel message. They come for maybe the free pizza or the whatever. They come because of social obligation to their friends, right? Mm -hmm. But they come away with Jesus in their hearts. And we've seen so many students just actually make that decision to accept Christ right then and there in that gymnasium, in the multi-purpose room, maybe even just in the classroom. And it's, it's been crazy. Like the past couple of years, we, you know, we've seen records of like over a thousand students year after year, just making the first time decisions to accept Christ. And that's not even including the recommitments. That's not even including these Christian students who do know Jesus, but weren't really involved with local church. And now they want to get involved because they're on fire again. And they weren't involved with Christian club, but now they want to involve because they're on fire again. Um, it doesn't even include those. And we just seen so many students come to faith and it's just crazy. Most recently, we we have a student in Tucson, and I think also in Dallas, it's pretty similar. But these young ladies, they 
invited other some of their friends to come to a Bible study and those friends came and more friends than they possibly could have imagined came to that Bible study and then so um, one of the friends accepted Christ actually and that friend that accepted Christ invited her whole family to go with her to church and now that entire family is going with her to church and it's just wow you impact the life of a single student and you end up impacting the life of a family or you end up impacting the life of the entire community. And it's just, that's how powerful it is when the Holy Spirit is, you know, at work. It's just like guaranteed that that life change just takes hold. So mm-hmm. that that's just, just a small picture of some of what I've seen. <laughs> I guess like one thing I wanted to expand more on, um, you know, with every episode of Coffee Meets Bible, we want to help our listeners understand what it means to bring glory to God, what it means to respond to Him, right? And I think, you know, personally, there's an infinite amount of ways because God can do literally anything through us, right? And so what do you think from your experience serving and working at NSP and just growing up and, and just interacting with so many people, like what does it mean for you to live a missional life? Yeah, I think living a missional life looks like taking every second and getting it in order under like the banner of Christ. Like if I could take all of me and just have it be under Jesus somehow, like that would be amazing. You know, and as a creative, um, I've been telling my team like this challenge recently. And so we have this our other teammates call us the mountain movers. And it's because of, you know, the passages in the Bible where Jesus says, hey, if you have enough faith, like the grain of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Or if you have enough faith, you can tell this mulberry tree to uproot itself and, you know, go into the lake and root itself there. And Jesus shares that if you have enough faith, you can do so much. And I told them, like, there's a lot of big projects in front of us. And those projects might seem like mountains after a while, you know, but I think what it looks like for us to be creatives in a marketing world, in a digital world, in a world where it's so easy to manipulate copy and to manipulate tone and language to elicit whatever emotional response we want, what it looks like to be a creative and to be a Christ follower in that is to live like with integrity. And I told my team, like, obviously it's not gonna happen overnight. Maybe God even won't even do it through us specifically as individuals, but what would it look like to pursue the forefront of that? Just being like at the front lines of that and knowing that, hey, especially as a ministry, we don't need to sacrifice quality. If we can, we'd love to not sacrifice budget. If we can, we'd love to give this our best, knowing that it's for Jesus. And man, just hold that standard of quality, hold that standard of this is for the Lord's glory, right? And obviously communicate in such a way that all the stories we tell, everything is just in line with that integrity of knowing like, hey, God will move mountains. Like God is the one that's going to take this all the way. And so that's, I think in line with what it looks to live missionally for anyone Mm -hmm. and to take that into any field and know that as Christ followers, we should be at the forefront and we should be the ones that people look to as like, man, that person is like hustling, man, that person is like, they really know their stuff, man, that person is probably going to be the next executive or something because That is how they live their lives. That is their work ethic. And for us internally, maybe hopefully publicly to know that 
well, I live like this because I'm living for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what it looks like to live for Jesus, to give everything to him, right? And that's just living missionally, like knowing that whatever field we're called into, whether it's, you know, healthcare or the marketplace, anything, ministry itself, vocational ministry itself, you, you're going to live the same way. Like you have that drive and work ethic and it's just going to be, how can I bring all of this under his realm, right? And into his kingdom work. And um, yeah, I, I think that's just the call that he's placed on my life. And I think a big part of that experience of me pursuing the gaming industry for a while was knowing that I could have done that. Hmm. You know, I could have made that choice and God would have blessed it and he would have redeemed it. And surely there would be a game out there right now that is legitimately cool and not cheesy and would have (laughs) been to the Lord's glory. Uh And it's fine that I chose this instead, but Hey, you young person listening to this, are you mom and dad and auntie and uncle listening to this? whatever you've chosen to do with your life, you can make it missional too. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, for me is what it really looks like. I think there's just so much good there. Um, Yeah. I think we just definitely don't talk about it as much either. I think that, I mean, this podcast, the whole reason is to talk about it, to talk about, you know, the difficulties we face and the reasons, maybe excuses sometimes we give ourselves for not living missionally, um, that we're tired, that work is hard, that people don't let us talk about things. And I think the Bible says we'll face persecution. Jesus says it very clearly um, that we're not living lives for ourselves. If we were, we would be living really differently. Um, But that it's going to be hard. I think sometimes (laughs) we think that as Christians, because God is good, that means that life is easy. And those two... (laughs) just aren't the same. I, I think definitely God does provide us with his goodness and his glory and his strength. But I definitely don't mean that life is easy. You just see how Jesus lived. You see how his disciples lived, that they loved it because they knew that they were serving God. But it definitely wasn't an easy walk and an easy journey. So yeah, uh, I'm just super encouraged by just your sharing and your love for what God is doing. Phoebe, that's all we had to ask you. And we'd like to just thank you again for your time, for sharing everything with us. I, I, I really sense this sense of urgency in you and this passion that really represents what it means to respond to God. And that's really encouraging. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see where God leads you. But um, thank you again for your time and for sharing with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Cam and Christy, for having me. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Coffee Meets Bible. I was incredibly inspired by Phoebe's transparency and how she found her new passion in the mission of the National School Project. If you are like me and you want to learn more about NSP, we have the link to their website on her podcast page at www.cultivationproject.org podcasts under episode 14. Please check them out, learn more about them and support them in prayer or finances if you feel so led. We also wanted to give a shout out to Garrett and Jean Lowe. Thank you so much for your faithful support, which really made this episode possible. That about wraps it up for this week. We'll be back with another episode where we will revisit Will Wen's story and his current ministry in Japan. Will Wen was one of our Sowing Seeds subjects, so if you want to get a sneak peek at what he's all about, you can check out his video on our website. Talk to you next week.